We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome in. Beamaz and Beamer here on WBEN. Uh, reminder, the Radiothon is going on for the SPCA serving Erie County all day today. And uh, because we've hit 9 o'clock, hey, we've got uh, you know some great deals uh, now until noon. It's our power hours. Harley Benzela of Auctions for Animals matching all Radiothon gifts up to $10,000. That is and, awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, your gift goes further this hour if you donate to the Radiothon for the SPCA serving Erie County. Uh, many ways to donate. You can call the Comstar Technologies donor line, 716-873-7722. Text SPCA to 20357. Or the easiest way, visit yourspca.org or wben.com. Just click the link at the top of the page, and uh, voila, you got it. That's where you're able to donate. Uh, no problem to become an angel for the animals or donate anything, right, that you uh, that you can to help out the SPCA, which helps out so many animals here in western New York. And don't forget, no appointments are necessary today. Vets and pets, adoption fees waived for veterans and current members of the United States military. And for everyone else, adoption fees half off. So maybe today is the day you get that Christmas miracle. There you go. Um, and, you know, hopefully you have a pet that likes the snow. You take <laughs> take them home because today it's a little uh, little wet outside. But, hey, yeah, uh, great information there, WBEN.com, if you want to learn more about how to get involved and become an angel for the animals today. Are your dogs uh, snow fans? Not really. No. They're, uh, they're more. My one dog is definitely uh, a lover of the heat. I mean, we'll just want to sunbathe out there all day. Not a big fan of the cold. Um, and the, my other one is just, I mean, such a wuss at everything weather. <laughs> Whether it's rain, a little bit of wind, um, the snow. The snow doesn't bother him too much. Uh, but if it's not perfect conditions, he just doesn't really have that much of an interest in being out there so neither of mine are snow animal which is actually pretty nice because they're not scampering around you know getting all muddy or anything like that which 
tends to happen during the summer. You see all these videos of dogs that, you know, love the snow. They're jumping around the snow. I can only think of one dog I've uh, that I've, you know, had that was a fan of the snow, and that was my parents' late dog, Simon, loved to jump around the first snowfall, right? Would be out there jumping, hopping around, happy as heck. Uh, but every other dog I know, like you said, they like the heat. They don't want to. They don't want to be in the snow. Yeah, they, you know, they, they like to sit in the sun when it's the summer. Like to be a little bit warmer, which you know, who can blame them? <laughs> Brian, speaking of warm, hot deals, that was an awful uh, whatever. Hey, are you trying to get a PS5 this holiday season? No, I'm th- about to be 32 years old. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Just, you know, I'm a- I'm an adult. Not, uh, you know, uh, scourging for the latest video games. I'm telling you, Madden 22 is a heck of a game. It's It's addictive. Very cool. I've got stuff to do, unfortunately. Yeah, I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, PS5s, people are all over trying to get these. People are reselling these on Facebook and on eBay for thousands of dollars. Well, Walmart... Had a uh, console release yesterday, already sold out, don't go uh, speaking to Walmart, uh, of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Both very difficult to get. A lot of people going to GameStop, seeing if people have already tried to sell theirs. That's a, that's a tough thing. So what are people doing? Well, they're paying $98 to become part of Walmart Plus just for a chance to get one of the next console releases. But remember, if everyone's joining Walmart Plus, Brian... Uh, it's going to be, you know, you're still going to be left out. You know, they're only getting so many oh, not consoles. Necessarily. They're only getting <laughs> so many. Yeah, you get a better chance. But there is still a chance that you're not going to have that PS5 by Christmas Day. Well, no, the idea here is that you're eliminating the big problem in all this, which is... Not getting first dib? No. Bots oh. of computers. This is how they sell out That's immediately. Great, yeah, you're right. There are, you know, com- bot farms and uh, computers that go and buy up all of these, whether it's uh, the video games, you know... You could sneakers, you know, any hot release online tickets. We've done that a million times before any hot release online. These bots are all over it. So this is, you know, all right. It's a way to maybe improve your chances, but it's also a way to kind of filter out a lot of those bots because you're likely not going to buy. If you have first access through this club, you're not going to buy a hundred dollar membership for every single bot IP address <laughs> right. that you would have. Uh, and, you know, that's how people are obtaining all these highly sought after, whether it's tickets or video games or something like that, and then reselling them for a ton of money somewhere else. Uh, so, you know, I, I can see this working in uh, someone's favor if that's what you really want this holiday. People season. trying to get their uh, their chances of getting this up because they don't want to go online and pay $2,500, $3,000 for a PlayStation 5 that, you know, let's be honest, six months you'll be able to find it on shelves. I don't know. Weren't people saying that last year, though? That's a good point. I, this has been out for over a year. Does this have to do with the chip shortage? I, I would imagine so. Well, and just like everything or supply chain issues, you can't get anything. So, I mean, we were talking about these PS5s right over a year yeah, ago. You're right. Last Black Friday. last holiday season, and no one could get them. And now, still a year later, nobody is able to get them. It was really the only lines we saw. Remember last year, because of COVID and everything, really the lines were at gaming stores for the, these uh, gaming systems that came out last year. So that's one way to do it. You know, another way to do it would be if you're Sony. I mean, you probably make some people mad, but jack up the price yourself. That's what I always say when, and this (laughs) is, it makes sense if simple economics, right? 
you look at ticket prices when, uh, you know, the bot, when McCartney comes here and the bots buy up all the tickets and it sells out in less than a minute. And then all of a sudden you have a million of these tickets on resale sites for thousands of dollars and, you know, 500 times what the original asking price was. And then guess what happens? People buy those tickets for 500 times the price right. of what they were. What does that tell you? That tells you that that's where the demand is. Supply and demand. People are willing to pay, you know, instead of how much is a PS5? Like $300? 350 for the lowest memory. So like $300, but they're selling for uh, $2,000 <laughs> yeah. online. That shows you people are willing to pay $2,000 for something. So that's where the market is. If you charge $2,000, guess what's not going to happen? You're not going to have a bunch of people buying them for $2,000 if they can't make triple their money right. off of it right away. It's the same goes for these concert tickets. Now, nobody wants to be the bad guy and you know totally jack up the prices and do all of this just to kind of skirt those bots. But if you're really serious, I always laugh at people, you know, oh, we want to get rid of these. You know, we got to find a way around. It's a very simple way. You know, meet, find out where what people are willing to pay for these things. I mean, you, you look at the hockey games right now; they're having the exact opposite problem. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's uh, you can't find what people are willing to pay on the low end, but what are people willing to pay to get into a concert that's highly sought after? To find one of these PlayStations, to do something like this. It's the one time where you won't have people complaining about high prices. Right. Yeah. It's different than the price of eggs. It's something you don't need. It's something you want. How much do you want it? Here's what the demand is. We never seem to do it. I don't know why. You know what else I don't know why? You know, I'm, I, I, as you know, I like to play video games. I got really back into video games at the beginning of the pandemic. As long as my Xbox Series 1 still is, they're making new games for that console, I'm not even looking for a new console yet. I'll wait till they stop making the games I like for that console. Which they'll do. Oh, I know once they'll they have. <laughs> I know they eventually will. But like I'm, I'm not even looking yet until Madden's not available for this console anymore. I know. I also think that you're out of the target market here. We're oh, I know about I am. Video I, games. I, I know I am. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but I thought this. I thought this was interesting. The what the lengths people are going to, and that's a good other thing to point out. Trying to get rid of these bots, but the lengths people are going to, to try to have a PS5 under the tree this holiday season. I, I can see that happening. You're a parent. That's what your kid really wants, and you're going to try. You're not going to pay, you know, thousands of dollars online. That seems ridiculous, especially when you know maybe it's not six months, maybe it's a year, but eventually. These things will be right. sticker price, you know, in stores, just like they always are, whether that's a year down the line or something like that. So you don't want to feel like a sucker. You know, maybe this is something extra. You're a part of this. Maybe you were like an Amazon member. You say, all right, we're going to switch to the Walmart one now. We'll try that out for a while. And then who knows? We'll get a shot at getting little Timmy one that's of right. these things. I still remember the, the Christmas I got to open my Sega Genesis with Sonic 2. I, that, that was one of my favorite Christmas presents to this day. I still remember that Christmas morning. You're still morning. playing it. <laughs> no, unfortunately, that Sega got a short in it, and it, and it broke in the early 2000s. Uh, but I still remember that Christmas. That was uh, I hooked it up to the Toshiba downstairs and played Sega Genesis consistently for the next decade. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's like the good old days, Joe. It yeah. really is. It's that's the good old days when parents could, you know, spend a ton of money. <laughs> I mean, but no, I mean it was a very expensive for a gift like that. But you can, you know, give it off to somebody 
and really you didn't have to worry that much. You know, what was your big worry? You give your kid a, uh, a Sega for Christmas, something like that, the Nintendo. And, you know, what's the big concern that you have? There's really two. First off, oh, man, now he's not going to go outside. He's going to spend all day sitting in front right. of uh, the TV screen and his game, which, you know, it's a it's a concern. You can always take it away or, or whatever. But there's concern number one. Concern number two would be, oh, you know, I hope he doesn't buy one of these violent video games or something like that. And then that's a conversation that you have maybe down the line. But that's really the only concern that you had, uh, you know, back going back 20 years ago or something like that. And back 20 years ago, you could control the games. Now you can buy a game for the console. Your parents never know what you sure. bought. I, but now it's so different. And whether it's a video game uh, that are all connected to the internet or what's, I'm guessing this for the last decade has been the number one item on the list of everyone between the ages of 11 and 18 on the Christmas list. Is some sort of cell phone. Yes. An iPhone, yes. a new phone, whatever the hot new phone is, that's been the top gift. That's not a gift that you can just give and feel good about and, oh, they're happy on Christmas and it's over. It's all right. You know, instant don't, concern. Don't uh, sit in front of the TV, you know, all day. That's uh, That would be the only concern you have. Now you're opening up a whole new box of uh, worms and I I don't even know and I'm, I'm gonna find out someday <laughs> but I don't even know how parents handle this in 2021 we got a taste of this yesterday Joe yes uh, yesterday the head of Instagram which I I do think is a little you know it is funny that it's not Mark Zuckerberg here because Mark Zuckerberg is the head of Instagram. Facebook owns Instagram, right? And you know he's the head of Facebook. Meta. He should be yeah whatever. <laughs> um, he he should be the guy who's answering these questions. But they you know trotted somebody else out there. It's not like you're really going to uh, get any answers anyway. But they brought him in front of uh, Congress for a hearing on the potential harms of social media use for young people. When you talk about that iPhone under the tree. I mean, what's what's happening by the time you hit Christmas brunch? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's filled with all the apps that you don't want your kids to have. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. <laughs> right immediately. There. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Right there. So you have these lawmakers. They're pushing Instagram. How are you going to make this so young people aren't completely corrupted by this so they don't fall victim uh, to online predators so they don't fall victim to spending all their money on all the stuff that's advertised on these platforms so they don't you know go into a, a spiral of depression and you want to say spend all your time in front of a, a video game there really is only a certain amount of time you can spend in front. eventually yes. you beat the game and it's over and you walk outside again or you get sick of losing you can walk outside still with your and how many people are just buried in their phones <laughs> you know, how do you ever put an end to that well some of the uh, lawmakers here senator marcia blackburn answering some questions we all remember what it was like to be a teenager so while parents might gain some insight into what their teens do on their main accounts what do they do about the accounts they don't even know exist? How many of those accounts, if you're a parent, do you even know exist? As a parent, are you finding yourself, you had no uh, plans to ever be a part of social media, 
Now you're making a page on TikTok and Facebook just to see if you can find your own kid on right. there and make sure that they're not going crazy on social media. I thought this was interesting. This is uh, Adam Mossery. He's the CEO of Instagram. He's who they brought out there. And, you know, he said, okay, there should be some uh, – we do age verification. The age verification, by the way, if you've ever seen it on Instagram, is they ask you uh, what your birthday is. I mean, it's very tough stuff to uh, – <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not ah, like anybody can go on there and just lie about that. Um, but no, he said that maybe this should be an issue for cell phone companies like Apple, uh, like uh, Samsung, the people who make the phones to verify the age. It might work a lot better. Here's what he had to say. I believe it would be much more effective to have the age verification at the device level have a parent who gives their 14-year-old a device, tell the phone that their child is 14, as opposed to having every app, and there's millions of apps out there, trying to verify age on their own. Now, normally, they trot these people out, and I say everything they say is just, uh, you know, whatever. Who cares? You could uh, scream it out into the void because it's just blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, I heard that, and I thought that that actually seems like a very simple and good idea. It does, until you think about it. And this is just my, my only pushback to it. Who knows the phone better than the parent who set the parental controls? The kid that has the phone. Yeah, perhaps you'd have to come up with some way where you can't, you know, holding your device automatically change it. You'd need, you know, to pair it next. And there's, I mean, ways to do this now. You know, two phones near each other can communicate through right. the, uh, you know, all that stuff. How you pay with your Apple Pay and I, I don't know the ins and outs of it. But I'm sure you could securely set up a way where instead of app by app and you have to keep track, that the phone that you give your son or daughter is kind of age-locked by your phone. That's, you know, saying, hey, look, the person who has this phone is only 12 years old, 13, 14 years old. They can't download this or that app. Or if they do, they're going to be blocked because the phone knows right. how old they are. Now, that's not happening now. That's just one suggestion I thought was it seemed pretty good and seemed like something that could happen tomorrow. If these they call they literally Joe call themselves geniuses that's at Apple. Right. If you walk into the store, these geniuses should be able to figure it out and push it out as a way to give parents a little bit of peace of mind. But what I want to know from people at eight oh three oh nine thirty. Uh, text in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board to give us a call. I, How do you do it if you're a parent? Maybe you're a parent who's uh, thinking about this right now. You've got the phone wrapped up, hidden in Santa's workshop in the attic, uh, waiting to go under the tree later on this month. Uh, maybe you've been dealing with this for a few years. I, how do you deal with police or maybe you don't at all. Maybe you just trust your child to make the right choices with this. How do you deal with that cell phone situation? Are you hoping that something is done? You know, they're talking about this in Washington, some sort of federal regulation over social media. So it's at least a little bit of peace of mind that your child is more protected online. Or do you fully take the matter into your own hands? I... I'm terrified of the day when this happened, and it, the age keeps dropping lower and lower and lower, right? Yeah. I'm thinking of when I got a, a flip phone cell phone, you know, when I was in high school, 
Now, people in middle school and sixth grade are getting what, what is a supercomputer in yeah. your pocket. Yeah. I mean, that can do far more than what that device did when I first uh, got one. It's a scary thought. When I was in high school, my first phone, my first flip phone was an LG, and I thought it was so cool because I had access to AOL Instant Messenger. And now look. <laughs> Now, look, I mean, that's completely outdated. And, and, and Brian, you know, it, it does go beyond the cell phone, though. I mean, I know we're focusing so much on the phone, but you can access Instagram and Facebook from a laptop, from an at-home computer, from an at-school computer. I mean, there's so many ways to get access to these apps, to these websites. More and more of them, though, you, you can't that much. You can access, so you can go on Instagram on a computer. But you really you can't, can't do anything with it. Right. You can't post. You can't take a picture of yourself. You can't do these live videos. Right. I mean, the things that are really right. Snapchat and TikTok concerning. you can't do online. And, right. and the whole idea is that, I mean, you can have this phone. You can be anywhere and doing anything yeah. with the phone. I, I I don't know how you as a parent can say. And, and there's a line here, too, right? Because it would be easy to say, and this is what I would love to be able to do, you know, when that time comes for me. I mean, thank goodness I'm not worried about it. Little Tyke's phones are, you know, way more secure than yeah. the Apple devices. And uh, that's what... Just <laughs> give more of those out. There. But there is a balance, right, between building that, you know, firewall, so to speak, yourself in your household for your kids, but then also realizing that, hey, these are devices that are the future of everything. I, my son or daughter is going to have to learn how to do X, Y, and Z on a computer, how to navigate some of these media websites, how to communicate using this device and, and maybe use it for a, a better purpose that's going to benefit them when they're out looking for a job, which all these jobs, you need some sort of technical know-how to get nowadays, so you don't want to completely shut that off. Um, That's it, a great point. It is a fine line. I mean, you don't want your kid to be behind the eight ball when it comes to being technologically literate. You don't want them to fall into, I mean, all the dangers that we've spelled out over the past few years of social media. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting interesting way to look at things. We'd like to hear from you. 803-0930, star 930, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board also open at 803-0930. That new cell phone for your child. How are you protecting it? What concerns do you have? We'll talk to you after this on BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Beamaz and Beamer. Today. No, we're not. We've got each other here, uh, BMAS and B. We're keeping each other warm. Me and Joe are huddled up <laughs> together, just um, you know, using the body heat to uh, stay warm in here, where it feels like the uh, Monday tailgate. Are, are you surprised that thing's not heating us up more? No. I, I've got like uh, a million, uh, you know, <laughs> pounds of cold air blowing on me. Um, I uh, am... You know, I'm uh, looking forward to today uh, all week because it is our SPCA serving Erie County Radiothon for the 18th consecutive year, helping out the animals here in western New York. Uh, plenty of ways to donate. Please get involved if you can. Uh, and, and, you know, so many ways to get involved, too. There's, of course, uh, the donation, the angels for an animal, uh, be an angel for the animals, $18 a month, or, you know, anything you can, a one-time donation, it all helps, wben.com, just hit the link, and you'll be directed to the place to go to make sure your money gets in the right place uh, for the organization that relies totally on the community's support to stay up and running. Uh, There's that, you can adopt a pet today, half off for everybody, 100% off if you are a veteran, Vets for Pets, and then, you know, be involved yourself. If you have the extra time, you want to figure out how to become a volunteer, you can ask about that as well. So many ways to get involved with the SPCA. Uh, always enjoy Radiothon Day here. They do some great work over at the SPCA and some great people as well. Uh, so hopefully you can get that Christmas pet that you've been waiting for uh, today and uh, go adopt and bring home Whatever you want to name the pet for Christmas. <laughs> I was trying to think of a name off the top of my head. And trying to, you couldn't think of a pet name just off not, the top of your head? Just not, not Roscoe. Not, uh, there you go. Yeah, I'm not, on, your... <laughs> I'm not on my game today, Brian. Right. What can I say? I, um, <laughs> I have this hood. I think I have – this is like the Belichick hoodie that he has because I, was, I have my hood up, and it's, it's a big hood. It is. Like it's covering my – I've got like the Belichick look going on right now. You still have sleeves, though. I still have my sleeves on. Mm. I need my sleeves, mm. um, unlike him. Oh, I don't have like the – Whatever it is that keeps his arms warm. Yes, you need sleeves in here. Yeah. I'll tell you, this will be the place to be Saturday with the 61 degrees. 61 maybe, degrees. Maybe the yeah. studio will uh, will be warm by then. Um, we are talking about, you know, your kids, and it's a day after. And, you know, I always I look at these, and it's, it's like a dog and pony show. Oh, yeah. Uh, always <laughs> they trot somebody out on Capitol Hill. They're asked questions by a bunch of lawmakers who are trying to look like they're doing something uh, <laughs> and then you know at the end of the day nothing really happens but I was interested in this yesterday when they were talking at on Capitol Hill lawmakers to Instagram CEO and asking uh, about and this is a different conversation you know they've done this before when it comes to issues of free speech right and you know who gets limited or banned and should people ever be banned on Instagram or Twitter or, or anything like that. This is a separate issue. This is dealing with kids and how to make sure that these services that really should not be 
available for kids until you're you're a certain age because of a number of things, um, not just because of the content on there, but because it's, I mean, it is a, a marketing tool. I mean, the whole idea of it is to sell, sell, sell to you. And when you're an impressionable mind, that's yeah. going to cause it. But also just wanting to keep kids, you know, in the real world, not buried in their phones all the time and all the drama that can come with social media. I mean, Joe, come on. You remember back in our day, uh, texting was just kind of starting to be a thing when we were in high school. And I, I mean, how much drama can come from just people sending each other messages? Now look at all the tools you have well, at your disposal. And texting was what people were worried about. I remember there was a service. I can't remember the provider, but there was a service. 10, 12 years ago, uh, that you could, on your child's phone, limit the numbers that your child could text and receive text from. And that's mm. when texts were the were the big thing. But now you have Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. I think of, you know, and I'm not trying to say one, but Facebook seems to be uh, the, the most kid-friendly of any of these apps. And I say it because look who's on Facebook. Parents are on Facebook. Yeah, Parents aren't on Instagram. And you can't track someone's Snapchat. I mean, when mm -hmm. you have a, a child, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok, I would think are probably the three that you fear the most because there's no way to check on your child's Snapchat. Yeah. There's really, you could, uh, you, there's Instagram where you could hide your profile. You could do stuff that disappears just like Snapchat. Instagram and Snapchat are so difficult to follow. I really think those are the top two that I would be just mortified of my child having on their phone. The MySpace page seems so innocent. <laughs> right. right. Compared right. to everything that you have now. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I think of Instagram, Snapchat. Heck, I think of, you know, when I had a smartphone in college and I mean, there's, there's an, there's an age that you, you, you don't want someone to have access to everything that's on a smartphone, but as more and more stuff comes out, it, it seems m more and more difficult to track down every app that's out there. And we don't even have to get into the apps um, like Tinder. Like you said, Brian, anyone yeah. could put an age in. Uh, that's, that's right. I mean, how do you deal with it as a parent? 803-0930, 803-0930 weigh in. Uh, somebody chimed in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board saying that my wife and I are the only ones who have our kids' Apple ID password. So if they want an app, they have to ask us to put the password in. I mean, there's one way. That's I a actually, good way to do it. I actually like this idea. From Instagram's CEO, here's Adam Mossery yesterday on Capitol Hill. I believe it would be much more effective to have age verification at the device level, have a parent who gives their 14-year-old a device, tell the phone that their child is 14, as opposed to having every app, and there's millions of apps out there, trying to verify age on their own. So how about that? I mean, just uh, being able to, in some way, have a parent, when you give your kid a cell phone for the first time, be able to tell that phone, hey, look, you are dealing with a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 16-year-old, or something like that. So then the phone knows you don't have to rely on your kid being honest. You don't have to rely on this where, you know, the kid has to come to you all the time. Hey, you know, I need a password. Can I have this? It's just no. Here's the age. Here are the restrictions. And and there you go on the device. And every app has to follow that. I. I like that idea. I, I want to know how people deal with this, though. It's a, such a tough situation. Do you think there's an appropriate for some social media exposure? As I mentioned, Facebook, where, you know, 
My grandmother was on Facebook at one point. My parents are on Facebook, right? Something that's easy to track what you're doing, for the most part, on Facebook. And maybe at a certain age, that's the first one you allow because it's so easy or easier to follow. And then slowly get someone used to social media at, at, at certain ages. Or is this a, hey, you got the phone for emergency purposes, but social media completely out? No, but I'm the type of person who would say that nobody should be on any social media. Right. So, I mean, there's no usefulness to being on any of it, right? Especially when you're young. I mean, the only reason, right, if you were to, if your kid were to come up with you, what's the reason that they would give you that would be most compelling? It would be, well, everyone else is on it. I mean, there's no good reason to make a great point, be on social media. I mean, there are some reasons that might be more compelling than others. Listen, I'm not blind to these millionaire kids with their YouTube channels. And, <laughs> but that's a very rare. I yeah. mean, that's not going to happen all over the time. What do you have now? You have a couple of people who uh, make some money and find a way to do so online. And then you have a million copycats who start a YouTube channel, have one viewer, waste their entire life just trying to make some money. That'll never happen off of uh, YouTube. We should make a YouTube channel. I think we'd be YouTube influencers. Well, just stick a camera in here. I'm not a... Uh, and Beamer, hour two on YouTube. I, I'm not talking any longer. Uh, let's go to Dan in Amherst. Dan, you're on WBEN. How, how do you deal with this? So all my kids, they, they have devices. You know, the issue is parents are just ignorant to, you know, the, the tools that are there for them to be able to protect their kids. So... You know, my teenage daughter has Instagram. My wife is able to be logged into her account at the same time. So she can see her messages. Uh, You know, parents have that. Uh, We have tools on my children's iPhones um, that we can lock down their phones. If they want to be on them, they need permission. We can unlock them. Uh, We can shut down their browsers. We can, my tween daughter, we can control who calls her, who she can call. So all these devices have these tools. Parents just don't know about them. Yeah, you know, Dan, I think that's interesting. This is, uh, let me tell you why this age, um, you know, uh, idea from Instagram CEO really appeals to me. I want to hear what you think about this. And and that is because it's just a really simple thing. You know, it's a one-time thing. It's age-restricted. And it's also not too invasive because I do think there is a line here that it's tough to find out where it is but you mentioned okay you could be logged on to your child's Instagram account and you would have you know I don't think you'd find a lot of parents who'd say that's totally ridiculous but there is also this sense of okay this is like the new form of communication and you know if I were to go back 20 years I'm not going to wiretap my kid, you know, when he's out on the playground having discussions with his friends or, you know, something like that. When does it become a little too invasive where you want to afford your kids some privacy? When they're 17, 18 years old paying their own bill. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dan, Dan. thanks for the call. I, I, you know... You have to deal with that too, Joe, right? Yeah. When, where is the cutoff on this? Because there is the realization, right? A lot of people texting in. uh, How about you just don't give your 13, 14, 15-year-old a cell phone? 
And all right, if we're living in the ideal world, I agree with you 100%. You know, why do you need a cell phone at 13, 14, 15 years old? It's the world we've lived in. Well, most people don't have a home phone. We've allowed ourselves yeah. to kind of, you know, slide into this uh, idea that that's the age for a cell phone. But and now, if that's where most kids are communicating, whereas you go back 20 years ago and it was mostly just text messages back or forth or a computer program or maybe you did the old-fashioned thing and called somebody on the telephone, and that's how you talk to friends. <laughs> now it's being done through these apps, and while there's a want and in some cases a need to make sure that everybody is staying safe online, that you're, you're not going overboard with this, there's also that idea of, listen, I'm not interested in policing 100% of how my kids are communicating with their friends because at some level you want them to deal with some independence. You want them to be able to have conversations where they know they're not being monitored all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think as this texter says, 13, 14, 15, you know, there, there is, we always go to extremes, Brian. We've talked about this with politics a few times on the show. You know, oh, how about no how about no phone until a certain age? Or no, we're given a smartphone. Well, what about something in the middle, right? You want your child to have a phone, maybe even the uh, opportunity to text with friends. Why does it have to be a smartphone? You know, they do still make non-smart cell phones uh, in 2021. You could give a phone that just calls and texts. And hey, when you're 16, 17, whenever a, a parent thinks that's appropriate, you'll get a smartphone. Why does it have to be a smartphone at 13 and 14? That is a reality. That is a real option. I think that's a more realistic than no phone at all. Mm -hmm. So there could be something in the middle. Hey, this is your communication phone. And at whatever age the parent thinks is appropriate, here's your smartphone. I think that's just another way to look at it. I, I'll give you two reasons why I believe. And I, listen, I'm my son is nowhere near this age yet. But I'll give you just two reasons why I think parents given to that. The first is the you don't want your kid to be the one who's left out, right? I, I mean, it's just it, it is that peer pressure. It's the everybody has jumped off a bridge. So now I've got to follow them. It's every all these other kids have a phone. You don't want your kid to be left out of, hey, all the conversations that the school kids are having are happening on Instagram, right? Yeah. And if that's happening, your you know flip phone that texts people isn't going to do much good and you don't want to see them left out. So I think that's where parents get pressured a little bit. And then the other thing is there are parents who, uh, they're not pressured, but a lot of parents get paranoid by everything you see in the media into this, like, really safetyist mentality that they need to keep track of their kids all the time. Joe, this isn't just 13, 14, 15. You can find kindergartners in oh, every yeah. school. Oh, I know who have phones, and I have heard the stories from teachers who have had parents ask, hey, can I check up on, you know, little Susie <laughs> while they're in class, you know, give her a call. And, you know, you have to have, like, absolutely not. You right. know what? But there, there are those two mindsets that I think force a lot of parents to kind of give into that, and it is one of those things where, once the floodgates open, it's really hard to 
put it back at all. That's true. I mean, there was a middle school. I remember the story from a few months ago uh, that had to ban Uber Eats because kids were ordering on their smartphone lunch delivered to the school. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny. I mean, also, why does a parent have their credit card on their child's Uber Eats? But that's, yeah, that's a different thing. show. <laughs> another thing. That, or it's probably the kid's credit card. I mean, how easy is it to sign up to you know yep. do these things, to have uh, whatever account on some site and get forwarded a little bit of money, and then you wind up in a whole new set of problems, all yep. because of the phone yep. that was under the tree. This Christmas, I, it's just something parents never really had to worry about in the past. I, I love the person texting in now. I wasn't even allowed to have a cell phone when I was growing up until I was like 16. And, and I, this is, and I, I realize I'm kind of making the arguments out of both sides of my mouth here and kind of looking at it. But the difference, you know, back then, the difference when I was in school is that most of the communication you had with each other happened in person. You know, it, it, you weren't blocked out of the social circle and, you know, being with your friends by not having a cell phone or a computer because people answered the phone, you know, yeah. when you called. You, you were able to make phone calls. You, I, you know, I wanted to talk to somebody. I'd ride my bike over to their house and I'd go pay them a visit in person and knock on the window. And that's how, you know, you would do things. It's just a different world nowadays where that's not where the conversation is. So how do you make that happy medium of, okay, I'm realizing that to be a part of the conversation, to afford my son or daughter the opportunity to be with their friends, to communicate, to be in a social circle, you might have to have access to this. But how much access can I give them? How much eavesdropping can I do on the app without feeling like I'm totally in all of their business all the time? I, these are, I don't know if they're questions that have a right answer, but it, it almost keeps me up at night, and I'm like at least 10 years away from it. <laughs> right. I mean, hey, uh, I've, I've always said this, and Brian, like you said, I make the uh, arguments out of both sides of my mouth, and I'm a huge hypocrite because I probably am on my phone more than most people I know. Uh, but, you know, I, I do wish we could get back to a time where the preferable way to talk for most people was uh, face-to-face communication, was, you know, being able to go to a group, to a friend's house, and just have that conversation. It seems like no matter what age now, Brian, that is less and less of a desire of a majority of people. And I don't think you're going back. That's the problem. No, that's, no, that's uh, you, quite you obvious. Can, <laughs> you, you can't wish it into existence. I don't know if we're uh, we're really going back. It's... I don't know. I don't know how you have that uh, conversation. And I bet you December is the month (laughs) where more parents than ever are having that conversation. Guaranteed there are people listening to us right now who have bought that cell phone for their child and and probably are still kind of worried about it. Right. That they have that concern. And, and, you know, it's interesting to see people, the the apps that you're mentioning now, because I guarantee we could do this show in a year and there might be different apps that people say parents fear. Right. Or for different reasons that they're fearing these apps. Yeah. I you don't even need an app to fear the phone either. That's, That's the right. scary part about That's right. it. Well, I don't know. You can, uh, you know, continue to weigh in on our Volkswagen Vorge Park text board 
to continue the conversation. We'll be back here tomorrow. And don't forget, it is the SPCA Radiothon. You can uh, call the Comstar Technologies donor line, 716-873-SPCA. Visit our website, wben.com, or yourspca.org slash radiothon21, or text SPCA to 20, oh my gosh, Joe, 20357 to make a donation. And David will have more at 10 o'clock here on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.